0: Welcome to Live Like an Acrobat. I'm your host, Shanae Stiletto, two-time world acrobatic gymnastics champion, USA Gymnastics Hall of Fame member, and Cirque artist. I'm also an advocate for rain. On each episode of the Live Like an Acrobat podcast, I discuss acro handstanding in terms of training tips, coaching, and I explore circus and acrobatic gymnastics competitive life as I have lived it from past to current, and I theorize on what the future may bring in these fields. On each episode of the Live Like an Acrobat podcast, I will bring you insight through my own experiences, which are rooted in a perspective built on social justice advocacy and how these important issues continue to intersect between the circus arts and acrobatics competitive worlds at large. On each episode, I have the pleasure of discussing these various narratives with a variety of fascinating special guests. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Live Like an Acrobat podcast. Please consider a donation to encourage the continuation and evolution of this podcast. The details of how to donate are located in the show notes. Please make sure to check out the Circuspanurablog.com for extended conversations and interactive content of each episode of the Live Like an Acrobat podcast. I am available for handstand private sessions and workshops through aerialfitbodies.com. And in a new announcement, I'm also a Circo certified trainer. Check out circo.co, a new circus school online international platform where you can learn hand balancing with me and learn so many other circus disciplines from trained Cirque performers from all over the world. Check out my new vlog series, Think Like an Acrobat, which is available exclusively on Circus Talk as a pro series. It's offering pro tips to professionals within the circus arts industry. On this episode of the Live Like an Acrobat podcast, I have the absolute honor of interviewing director of the King Charles Unicycle Troupe, Kip Jones. Kip Jones, at the age of 15 years old, joined the first all-black circus act to perform with Ringling Brothers in and Barnum and & Bailey Circus, better known as the renowned King Charles Unicycle Troupe or KCT. The original troupe made its triumphant debut in 1969 and performed with Ringling for 18 years as the longest-running act during the Feld family era. Kip Jones has been a second-generation troop member for 25-plus years. KCT is a group of exceptional, creative, athletes who play an unbelievable game of high-energy basketball on unicycles. They exhibit skills ranging from slam dunks, dribbling passing, jumping rope, to acrobatics. A native of New York City, Kip Jones has endured the responsibility to carry the ball for KCT and continue its legacy, teaching youth in the community the importance of building character on unicycles based upon discipline, direction, and ethical principles. In addition to traveling around the globe on one wheel, Kip Jones has also worked as a sales and marketing manager in various private sectors of entertainment, advertisement, and film and TV programming in non-theatrical markets. Wizardry performed on the one wheel. A dazzling display of agility, balance, and high-speed hilarity perched atop the unicycle. illusionists creating a flurry of fast-paced fun from New York City. That is the King Charles troupe at its best. The King Charles Troop is a group of young men out of the Southeast Bronx who display an unbelievable game of high-extreme basketball on unicycles. Cultivating his idea to utilize unicycles as a tool to keep kids involved in something positive and constructive, founder Jerry King became an inspiration to his neighborhood by forming a community-based unicycle club for youth. The KCT will keep you on the edge of your seat with their hilarious hijinks and comedic antics. Their extraordinary riding ability and world-class skill never cease to excite audiences of all ages. Their brand of fast-paced basketball and comedy continue to be an enormous favorite with audiences of all ages. Witness the game of basketball like you've never seen it before. To be entertained is to see the King Charles Troupe on stage taking the art of unicycling to another extreme level. The late founder of the King Charles Troupe, Jerry King, did not have an easy road nor an easy life something the youth joining his troop could relate to. Jerry King survived a stint in prison, was a soldier on the battlefields of World War II, and through a newfound sense of redemption and purpose, started a family that would go on to bring about the realization of a spark that was lit from within during a chance encounter with the circus he had years before as a young boy of color. My guest in this episode, Kip Jones, discussed with me the power of second chances and opportunity if it is given to a person to evolve in their life and take a chance on what they are truly inspired to do. That's Jerry King, inspired by his boyhood memories of the circus and unicycles, and then as a father who sought to bestow this enchantment onto his own son, Charles King, out of which the King Charles Unicycle Troop was born. Because the King Charles Unicycle Troop is so legendary as the first all-black act to join Ringling Brothers, I thought I would take the opportunity to salute a recent historic first in American history. And that's the election of Vice President Kamala Harris, who is the first woman VP and the first black and woman of color to hold the position in the history of the United States. And in a nod to the grassroots efforts that made this possible, I salute African-American Stacey Abrams, former Georgia gubernatorial candidate, who through her program, Fair Fight, has funded and trained voter protection teams in 20 battleground states leading up to this year's election. I also wanted to highlight the silver lining of this year's election in a nod to the conversation that I had with the director of the King Charles unicycle troop in this episode. Kip Jones and I spoke about the silver linings that are always there, even in the midst of confusion and challenging times. A new Mississippi flag without Confederate images was approved by majority voters, The design has a magnolia encircled by stars and the phrase, in God we trust. The new flag pays tribute to the Native Americans with a gold star made of five diamond shapes. The diamond motif is important to the Choctaw culture. Mississippi voters have overwhelmingly approved a ballot measure overturning a Jim Crow era electoral college provision for determining governors and other elected officials. The two-step process for selecting statewide officeholders has helped preserve white supremacy in Mississippi politics since the law was enacted in 1890. African Americans make up nearly 40% of Mississippi's population. Mississippi voters sent a message to the world that we are moving forward together, former Mississippi Supreme Court Justice Reuben Anderson said in a statement. Alabama voters have approved an amendment that would begin the process of deleting racist language from the state's 119 year constitution which was approved to entrench white supremacy as state law during the Jim Crow era. Voters in the majority white conservative state rejected similar proposals twice since 2000, but the measure passed easily in balloting this election. Colorado elected its first Muslim American lawmaker, Iman Jude. Maury Turner became the first Muslim lawmaker elected to the Oklahoma State House. Sarah McBride's victory in Delaware has made her the highest ranking trans official in the US and the county's first transgender state senator. Richie Torres will be the first Afro-Latino gay member of the US Congress after capturing New York's 15th district. In Vermont, Taylor Small, 26, has become the state's first openly transgender legislator after winning 41% of the vote to make it to the House of Representatives, making her the fifth out trans state legislator in the House and in the US. In Kansas, Stephanie Byers is set to become the state's first transgender legislator by winning a state house seat. Corey Bush has become the first black woman elected to represent the state of Missouri in Congress. Marilyn Strickland won her election in Washington's 10th Congressional District and will be the first Korean-American woman ever elected to Congress, as well as the first African-American person to represent Washington at the federal level. High-profile lawyer and human rights activist Anya Irma Rivera-Lassen won her election to the Puerto Rico Senate, making her the first black, openly lesbian, Puerto Rican to become an elected lawmaker. New Mexico became the first state in U.S. history to elect only women of color as members of Congress. Indian-American lawyer and immigration rights advocate Rajkumar, 38, Will become one of the first two South Asians voted into the lower house of the New York State Legislature. Please welcome to the show my guest, director of the King Charles Unicycle Troupe, Kip Jones. Kip. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Sheena. Thank you. How are you today?
0: I'm doing super well, and thank you so much for asking. My of...
1: pleasure. My pleasure.
0: <laughs> you are truly carrying on the brilliant legacy of the King Charles Troop, and I love how over time the King Charles Troop has also expanded into the Queen Charles Troop, too. How wonderful yeah, is that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's another story to tell as we get into the podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it. This is such a powerful day for us to speak, Kip. We are one day after the election.
1: Yeah, right?
0: Uh-huh. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but Veronica Blair, who connected us, put out a powerful video urging citizens to vote. And- I
1: did
0: see it. Oh, you did see it, yes. Yeah, in it, she it was shed really light. Great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, she shed light on the incredible life and activism of Ida B. Wells in that.
1: Uh huh. It was really, really something informative and something I definitely encourage for those who haven't seen it to definitely, you know, take a peek at it if they get an opportunity.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Well, the King Charles Troop was brought into Ringing Brothers not long after the Civil Rights Act was signed into law and the Voting Rights Act too, giving African-American citizens the equal rights and equal opportunity to vote. And unfortunately and presently, we've seen how so many of those voting rights have continued to be threatened and eroded yeah. since then. I often like to bridge the gap between social justice issues and circus in the podcast. And so can you speak to how, in your mind, circus and societal change intersect? Kip and how, and do you think that the King Charles troop would have still become the first all black troop to perform in Ringing ringing Brothers had it not been for the passage of these momentous laws?
1: Yeah, indeed. So uh, just to give you a little background history on the troop, uh, the founder, Jerry King, as a small boy back in uh, Tampa, Florida, always used to remember when the uh, circus used to come by uh, his town, uh, and he never had an, an opportunity to go see the circus. So one one summer when the circus was in town, he just happened to sneak in uh, into the circus, and they, they used to have what was known as uh, circus sidewalls. Those are the circus tents um, that he snuck under, and all he remembers uh, from that experience that he tells us, uh, well, that he used to tell us was, uh, he remembers the elephants and the man on the high wire riding a unicycle. He didn't remember anything else uh, uh, in the circus other than those two fascination. And it always uh, he always wondered, you know, why he never saw any colored kids. And this was back around nineteen fourteen uh, in the Deep South back then. Uh, why he never saw any colored kids on the unicycle. So you know, as he got older, you know, he he kind of kept this passion. And one day, you know, he, he came across a bicycle shop uh, in Florida that had a unicycle in the window. So he went into uh, the bicycle shop to, you know, kind of ask the owner, you know, some information and questions about it on how he could, you know, maybe purchase or learn how to ride. Uh, and the, uh, to his uh, amazement, this uh, bicycle uh, owner made it firm and known that he would never be able to, the opportunity to be able to get hold of this exotic bike called a uh, unicycle. So even from an early age back then, you know, Jerry King, you know, first probably came into his uh, awareness of discrimination uh, back then as, as a young boy. So as Jerry King, you know, grew into uh, a young man, you know, he went over to uh, the, war, the World War II uh, you know, served over in the armed forces, came back with a Purple Heart. Uh, then he migrated up to uh, New York City, where he met his uh, wife, Alma King, and they moved into a small uh, apartment on, uh, in the South Bronx on Clinton Avenue. Uh, the address was actually 1400 Clinton Avenue, which was right down the block from uh, a park called Katona Park. So as life you know, moved on for Jerry King, you know, him and his wife had a small son. Uh, his son's name was uh, Charles. Uh, and Jerry King was always concerned with the social evils in the neighborhood uh, surrounding uh, his son and the kids uh, in the community. And he always remembered uh, you know, back to his passion as a child because you know, he was a bicycle uh, enthusiast. Uh, He always, you know, kept that passion of the unicycle in the back of his mind. So as Jerry King, uh, you know, one day took his son into the hallways uh, of their Bronx apartment and taught uh, taught his son Charles King how to ride a unicycle. Now, mind you, none of the kids in the neighborhood knew Charles was in the uh, hallway learning how to ride a unicycle. So mr king uh charles's father taught him for a full year you know how to ride a unicycle and then that following summer he brought charles out into the park uh where uh he was able to teach uh excuse me show all the kids uh all of his new unicycling skills and the name of this park again was katona park which was right down the block from uh their apartment uh, complex and from this, uh, from that day on, uh, this is when the kids all gravitated and were fascinated by Charles riding a unicycle, and they all, you know, scurried to Mr. King, you know, asking and begging, and you know, if the, if he could teach them as well uh, how to ride a unicycle. Now, Mr. King knew this unicycle was going to be something special uh, in the community because one, uh, there were no colored kids in the South Bronx riding uh, a unicycle. And he knew this could be something that could potentially, you know, steer kids away from uh, a, a lot of the social evils that were in the uh, community uh, at the time. So he, he, he laid down some dog rule principles before kids uh, could learn how to ride. You know, they had, to, uh, they had to respect their parents. They had to do well in school. They had to help clean up uh, the neighborhood block where they lived on. And once you know the kids started to uh you know get these uh ground dog dog rules uh print- uh dog rules and principles down, Mr. King started to uh teach everyone in the neighborhood and then he found himself you know having over a hundred plus kids in the neighborhood riding a unicycle and this is when he first started the uh a unicycle club called the charles riders uh now it's important to remember that name because as we move on it's going to you know uh, migrate into uh, the King Charles Troop's name. Um, so the troop started to do a lot of, you know, neighborhood uh, variety uh, opportunities like block parties, uh, you know, social things that would, you know, help benefit uh, other kids in the in, in the community. And one day they got the call uh, by a young man by the name of Bill Minson, who actually just happened to stroll in the park one day and see all these guys riding unicycles uh, in Katona Park. So Bill came over to uh, Mr. King one day and say, hey, hey, Mr. King, you know, Ringling Brothers and Barnabin Bailey Circus is in uh, New York uh, this month. And I think it would be a good idea for the guys to go down and, and you know, maybe audition and, uh, you know, try out for the circus. So this audition took place uh, if my memory serves me right, April 14th was, which was actually 10 days after the assassination of uh, Martin Luther King, and they auditioned on the sidewalks of Madison Square Garden for then producer Irvin Fell and talent uh, uh, coordinator uh, Trolley Rodine. Uh, so it was about five of, five of the guys from the neighborhood at the time, because no one else was around. So only five guys went down to audition. Uh, on the sidewalks of Madison Square Garden in 1968, again on April 14th. Uh, and then they got uh, the word back from the uh, circus. Uh, the next following year, 1969, they made their uh, triumphant uh, debut as the first all-Black circus act in 1969 uh, for Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus. So that was one of the great, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, features, you know, that the troop was able, able to overcome, uh, at the time and, and, and breaking the color barrier as the first black act in the center ring of the, uh, of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus.
0: Wow. How radical was it for the Feld family at that time to have an all-Black act in, ringing, in Ringling Brothers, and was there, was there still pushback at that time, and did the troupe have difficulties in performing and working as the first all-Black act?
1: Yeah, well, you have to remember back then uh, in 1968, Ringling Brothers only had European uh, overseas acts. And uh, the Feld family, you know, being a, a, a Jewish, forward Jewish thinking businessman, you know, knew at the time, especially with the uh, uh, the uh, unfortunate situation of uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King, that potentially introducing an all-Black act into his show would hopefully, you know, be some type of... Uh, how should I say, you know, calmness for you know uh the, the 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 community. Um and you know, and much to his surprise, you know, the troupe was uh received very well uh from the audience as being introduced as the first all-black act. Now, the other uh hurdle was being accepted by the other performers, again, who were mainly more European. Uh, And nationalities, but you know, over time, you know, as as the team uh, got more familiar with the the cast, the crew uh, of the show, you know, they then started to be able to form, you know, a friendship bond uh, between uh, these other performers who, you know, at first did not welcome them uh, because, you know, uh, of the color of their skin and And black acts really not being known, uh, you know, for any type of circus artistry uh, at the time. So, you know, again, you know, they made uh, uh, really groundbreaking uh, efforts uh, at the time. One, again, you know, being the first all black act act with Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus. And two, breaking uh, the the color barrier with the the, uh, current performers uh, on the show. Uh, you know, being accepting uh, uh, as equals.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just so profound um, to uh, to be at the helm of that during that time. And like you said, during such a precarious time as well, right, after right. the assassina- assassination of, of of Dr. King. I mean, wow, how, how poignant um, was that for the Feld family and then for the troop itself, um, to be a part of something so public and so open um, and so, I think communal um in its engagement as well. I mm-hmm. must have felt, I think, like you said, um, like such a um such a presence of of peace building um in many ways in trying to unite. Um, I Correct. wanted to ask you, Kip. What can um, you tell listeners about how you became part of the King Charles Troop Um, and when did your journey begin in starting to actually carry on the legacy of the King Charles Troop as you have for so many years now? How did you get involved and what was your path?
1: Sure, sure. So uh, my journey actually started uh, with the troop at the age of 15. Uh, one day after school, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine and, uh, he had mentioned to me that he was going to go try out for a sports team. So, you know, I automatically, you know, defaulted and, you know, said uh, and thought of, you know, he's probably going to, uh, go out for a football or a basketball team or a baseball team. Uh, I'll just tag along, you know, th- th- to see how, to see how things go. And we both walked into this gym on 163rd street. Uh, And off of Park Avenue in the Bronx, uh, where all of these guys were doing these amazing things on a unicycle. And I, from that point on, I kind of fell in love and I was hook, line and sinker, uh, you know, since then. And mind you, um, before I learned to ride a unicycle, I actually was a a, a gymnast uh, in my uh, junior high school because I did floor exercise.
0: Oh. So I did
1: a lot of tumbling uh, routines. Uh, and so that's what kind of helped me uh, become a member of the second generation, because uh, the second generation was primarily all gymnasts uh, before they uh, learned uh, how to ride unicycles. We even actually had um, Russian teachers uh, come in and teach us teeterboard and, and, and floor, uh, floor exercises uh, and uh, their names were uh, Nina and Mr. Fadeen and they were actually uh, from uh, the Russian uh, uh, Moscow Circus, and they had defected uh, to uh, to the uh, to America, uh, the United States of America, back in the in the '60s. Uh, so, uh, I'm not sure how they came into, uh, contact with the, uh, the troop, but they formed a relationship with uh, Charles King, who was the troop leader at the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, then we were starting to learn how to do teeterboard. We were, cause we were actually slated to be the first black teeterboard act with Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. So that's why we were going through, uh, that whole, uh, routine, uh, and, and, um, uh, exercise and, and rehearsals, but unfortunately, uh, uh, other things came up, uh, that, uh, were, uh, uh, that were more important, uh, unfortunately on the performance side. So that kind of fell by the uh, wayside, uh, unfortunately. Um, but for me, uh, you know, being part of the second generation, was uh, something exciting uh, for me because it it actually uh, gave us the opportunity to go on the road with the original troupe, learn a lot of the uh, behind the scenes uh, on how uh, Ringling Brothers uh, and the the troupe interacted uh, regarding their performance in the center ring. So we used to go out during the summers, uh, you know, in practice, we would work concessions uh, during the day sell so you the popcorn candy programs. And that night we were rehearsing, you know, three to four hours, uh, each night. Uh, so, you know, whenever we got the call to go into, uh, the routine, uh, into the act, you know, we were, uh, ready, uh, at a performance level, uh, that was required, uh, in order to go, uh, into the show. So, you know, again, for me, it's, it's been a, a privilege to, uh, have been a second generation, uh, member, uh, to to be able to, uh, you know, pass on what we learned to other kids uh, in the community. Uh, again, because this was originally, you know, formed to, you know, as a social entity to help kids build character, discipline, uh, and, and, and become model, you know, citizens uh, uh, in our country. So, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that I've had that opportunity. Uh, we are now in a fifth generation of uh, King Charles unicycle uh, riders. Uh, we were also probably one of the longest running acts uh, with Ringling. I believe we had a, a running stint of about uh, 19 seasons straight uh, with the uh, with the Ringling brothers before the second. I'm sorry, before the third, fourth, and fifth generations uh, had, uh, joined, uh, Ringland. So you know, again, you know, I felt blessed and, and honored and, you know, hopefully I can, uh, be able to pass on, you know, uh, this legacy to the next generation of kids coming up, uh, in the community.
0: Wow. What was the impact of the King Charles troupe on the circus community at large over its many years in not just circus entertainment, but entertainment in general all over the world, Kip?
1: Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, from from my aspect, um, you know, the, the team has had such a profound uh, impact, uh, not just on the in- entertainment uh, side, but just from a community uh, standpoint where, you know, a lot of the kids that were learning or that came into uh, the bosom of uh, the troop, uh, might've, you know, went other ways in life and not certain where those uh, roads would have wound up. Uh, but, you know, being part of, of the unicycle troop, uh, you know, again, we've had the opportunity to travel, you know, all over the world on one wheel. Uh, we've uh, had the opportunity to work with, uh, performers, uh, unlike, uh, anything you've, uh, uh had the, uh, opportunity to see in the world. It's also given us the opportunity to, you know, respect others, uh, cultures, because uh, that's another good thing. And I'm sure you're very aware of this, uh, performing, you know, in, uh, different nationality, uh, shows that had different nationalities is that, you know, you get to learn each other's languages a little bit, you know, cultures, Food, um, and 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 you you have a, a profound sense of you know respecting you know just because we're different doesn't mean that you know we're, we're we we look down or, or we're better than in than, than any other, any other performer. We all you know have different aspects, dreams, again different cultures, and you know we've learned to you know be able to respect that just from um, you know the travels that we've done uh, all around the world.
0: Mm, yes. I I I understand that. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> I think it's a really beautiful thing. I mean, I think it's the it's the biggest education that I've definitely had um in my life. Um, traveling all over exactly. the world and 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 being um amongst so many different cultures. I don't think that I think the education in traveling in the way that we have as circus performers is priceless and yes, yes. most of the time when people ask me certain things they'll say how do you know that like how do you know these things I'm like well I've lived with with people from that country and I've worked with them for years and you know we again you know we have such a connection to, um, to Eastern Europeans and um, you know a lot of my trainers were born and raised in Soviet union so there's there's so much like cross culture that I think is so um is so uh you know transformative that happens for all of us traveling and doing what we love and and getting the opportunity to be in the world and and be educated and then I think in turn become educators like you have with the King Charles troop
1: Right, exactly. You know, we're we're not the only ones that live in this corner of the world. There's so many other distinctive, <laughs> you know, people uh, yeah. of color uh, that are out there. And you know, it, it's almost it's almost it should be like a uh, a, a, cu- a curricular requirement. You know, when you're, you're when you're in school, that you know you you should you know travel abroad to experience you know life you know outside of the the uni- United States
0: oh yes i I second that so strongly i I don't think that the th- like who I am today would not be possible, and I think like who we are today are very well rounded human beings, but I would never have been able to get that from a book. I got that from engagement um with others that didn't don't think like me don't look like me don't love like me don't think right. like me and 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 joining and performing and doing something beautiful together and and understanding things about one another so I think that's I think that's such a profound thing I wanted to skip back a little bit over sure. to the um, to the performances also of the King Charles troop and I thought it was really interesting that the troupe, Began performing with the legendary Tiger act, Secret and Royd in Vegas. And I want to ask, how did that happen, Kip? And how was that? I mean, that's that's amazing, incredible.
1: Yeah, so how that came about is uh, Irvin Feld and his son, Kenneth Feld, you know, were forming a uh, a Vegas show, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, And somehow or another, you know, the troupe's name just came up in conversation as you know, uh, being, a, a possible, you know, feature, uh, uh, in the show. So the original troop, uh, was taken over to, uh, Las Vegas to join Siegfried and Roy. And then the second generation stayed behind to continue the legacy and relationship, uh, with the Feld family. So at that time we had two troops, uh, up and running, one in Vegas and one, uh, on the road with, um, uh, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. And the troop, uh, had the opportunity to be part of beyond belief, which was the name of the show that, uh, that showcased at the, uh, uh, Frontier hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, and they were one of the longest running acts, uh, excuse me, one, uh, one of the longest running shows in Vegas for over 10 years. And, you know, uh, although I didn't have the opportunity to uh, perform on that show uh, with Siegfried and Roy, I did have the opportunity to meet them uh, uh, on occasion on uh, a couple of times during our visits uh, to Vegas uh, to see the troupe. Uh, and, you know, they allowed uh, the team the opportunity to be able to be showcased on another platform, if you will. Because uh, I remember, uh, I think the troop might have been the, the only black uh act on this uh Vegas trip during the late uh 80s early 90s if i'm not uh mistaken but yeah that uh the stories that you know i i hear from you know their engagement with Siegfried and Roy and all the other cast members was just an unbelievable you know opportunity uh for them to participate uh and uh be featured with the the, the masters uh, of illusion the great Siegfried and uh, and god bless the um late uh, roy horn
0: yes yes we've lost him not not so so long ago
1: exactly mhm
0: just such a trail! You guys were such trailblazers. Uh, the troupe did so many firsts. Were responsible for so many firsts with so many other legendary, legendary performances. Just, um, just so special um, and something very important to highlight and to, and to uh, commend. And I love hearing about how all of these things came together. Just you <laughs> know, I you never would have imagined that they, you know, the King Charles troupe was also like performing with Secret Royal. you just never know in this in this in this industry like where are you going to end up and and how and how and how different acts and different um, strains of the industry will come together and I, I think that that continues to show just how unique we all show up in this business too and how you right. you can do so many different kind of partnerships and interdependent connections um, exactly which makes it so fruitful and so interesting and so fun um, and so dynamic and right But, but really, I mean, again, very leading, um, for, for those times doing that so many years ago already. I mean, I, you know, again, I can't say how, if, have, have we had that much of the same even, even now, um, (laughs) with crossover with acts combined in that way. Um, Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's one, uh, sorry not to, uh, uh, cut you off, but one unique partnership, uh, is actually how. The unicycle and the basketball came to be uh, in the troupe. Um,
0: that was so, so funny because that was my next question.
1: <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. That's ironic. Perfect. <laughs> so, so, perfect segue, right? Yes. So, so, I would probably say this would have to have been around 1958 in Katona Park in the South Bronx. Uh, one day while the guys were practicing on the basketball court, uh, some of their routines uh a basketball just happened to roll over to one of the guys uh and it is actually his name was uh Albert Owens we used to call him uh Cold Cut," um and he was actually affectionately known to us as Uncle Al and uh but back to the story uh he um a basketball just happened to roll roll towards his way and he picked it up on his unicycle shot it in the hoop and that's how the basketball and unicycle were forged for the King, Ch- King Charles troop and made its identity. Wow! So from that, yeah, from that faithful day in 1958 in the park uh, is how they uh, established their identity as a one-wheeling uh, uh, extreme basketball unicycle act.
0: Oh, that's so. That's and that was so by fantastic. accident. Yeah,
1: and that was by accident.
0: A a wonderful happy accident in circus. I, I can't say like how many times I've like done something like you know in hand balancing or you know just training and how many things I have learned by accident. It's like the best things I've I've learned sometimes, uh, you know, in originating kind of skills and such uh-huh, have uh-huh. come from making mistakes and right. come from doing the thing that I don't normally do. And I love hearing that because that's just, to me, that's so circus. Everyone's like, that's not how we planned it. But somebody kind of did something a little bit off and then... We just kept it going. <laughs>
1: Boom! There it goes, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, you never know what's gonna be, what's gonna be the shot. I was gonna ask you, Kip. I don't know if you saw it, the um, the other day, but Obama put up a pretty good shot and had everybody around him hurting. And right, and he did me, that
1: on the fly. He did that on the fly.
0: It totally reminded me of the King Charles troop in our conversation that we were gonna have today.
1: Uh huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, Yo, yeah, you can, he can, he can still. Uh, he can still get it. I don't know if he could do it on a unicycle, but um,
1: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was it was a 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 fabulous moment. I think within yeah, this last, le- this last couple of couple of days.
1: Um, yeah, I- it's just one of those things that just give you inspiration. Uh, you know, when you see it in, in the moment, because uh, you know, it's just something that just comes out of left field and it catches you by surprise, and you know, you, you, you're you're taken back, and your, your breath is you know caught short, uh, you know, just seeing it in motion and as he, you know, made the uh, uh, the basketball hoop and then walked out after that.
0: <laughs> he just walked out, grabbed his coffee, put his face mask back very on. Casually. Was- <laughs> very casually. Very casually, very nonchalant.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, something else uh, that, you know, we're very proud of and I got to give a shout out to, because uh, if I don't, I know I will hear it after this uh, uh, podcast is our shout out to our lady female riders, Uh, and they were uh, better known as the Queen Charles Troop, and they actually were formed in the early 1970s, Um, and uh, they were around for a good number of years, Uh, but we did have an all-female troop uh, at the time.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. I mentioned that at the start of the podcast and I love that you had the Queen Charles troupe and that it still exists to this day, obviously.
1: Yeah, we do still have a couple of members uh, that are uh, around these days, but we would really like to uh, you know, try to reach out uh, back out to the community sometime soon and be able to you know, bring in you know, a new set of uh, young female writers and, and teach the, uh, and pass down the skill to them.
0: Oh, that's wonderful! Well, listen, listen up, ladies. If you're out there and you're inspired to <laughs> hop on your unicycle and you know, try and combine it with your fabulous basketball skills, <laughs> you've got that good gymnastics background, that acrobatic background. <laughs> they exactly are looking for you. I would love to see a a new, another new, robust generation of uh, of the Queen Charles troop. That would be just uh, yep. fabulous.
1: Indeed, indeed.
0: Yes. Well, I wanted to ask Kip, what can the creation of the King Charles Troop to help in impacting the youth in the Bronx community, teach others seeking to inspire their communities through circus. That was, if you want to maybe segue back also to, to the inception of the King Charles Troop and how it got its name and combining that with its impact on the youth during that time. And what, um, what was, what was the, what was the intention and the goal, um, behind it. And then, yes, how can that model be used to continue to generate, um, and expand, uh, today in today's climate and environment with our youth?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, again, it all starts with an idea. Uh, and Jerry King had this idea since he had, st- uh, was a young youth himself. Uh, again, he never, uh, was able to learn, uh, to ride a unicycle, uh, back then because he wasn't allowed to. Uh, but, you know, again, as he, you know, grew older into manhood, uh, he, you know, took that passion and, you know, bought bicycle parts from the local bicycle shop and made a unicycle for his five-year-old son, Charles, uh, when he brought him out to the park, uh, that, uh, that famed, uh, summer. Uh, so, you know, again, it just all... Boils down to, you know, people taking the time out to be able to reach back and, you know, and bring people along, you know, for the ride. You know, it doesn't matter how long uh, that they are around for that ride, but as long as they're able to pull some life learned lessons that will help them overcome obstacles uh, in their lives, uh, you know, as they get older and, and mature. And I I think for us, you know, again, this helped with, uh, you know, leadership qualities, uh, team building, uh, being able to persist when there are roadblocks put in front of you, uh, by others or society itself, uh, that we are, uh, a group of uh, amazing people that have overcome you know obstacles you know since you know we landed here on this country as uh, as a people um you know so i i would just you know extend to you know the grown-ups out there that might have that might be coming around, you know. Just the kid, you know, that they walk past on a regular day, you know, just stop sometime, just to talk to them and, you know, see what's on their mind, you know, you know, just be an ear to to listen on, you know, what things, you know, that they're having problems with, you know, because you never know that, you know, you can, you know, touch the heart of of a young person, and that might spark them to start you know, dreaming about things that they'd like to inspire uh, to one day. So it, it's just, you know, a matter of just taking the time uh, and just make time for, you know, our youth because all, all they need is just an avenue uh, to be able to, you know, get that spark uh, in order to, you know, uh, you know, dream and dream big.
0: Yes, it's so it's so important. Um, thank you for sharing that, Kip. Um, everybody is very much looking for a way forward, and with such a, an amazing example from the King Charles troop, um, I think there's so much to learn um, and so much to invest in what. Um, in what Jerry King was able to do so many years right, ago, right? right? Um, mm-hmm. This is, again, reminding people when they feel like it's, there's, it's too difficult now, I always remind them, well, it could have felt even too difficult then.
1: Then, right.
0: And, you know, with being able to organize um, and to uh, deal with the, you know, adverse effects of the environment during those times. I mean, we definitely have a leg up in other ways now that we didn't have before before. Um, And obviously, we're dealing with other things that are more, I wouldn't say more difficult, but just different, um, different, different Mm -hmm. difficulties. But it was so exceptional what the King Charles troop was able to do in in giving, um, you know, youth opportunity, expanding their horizons, giving them skill. I mean, I even for myself, I didn't come from a very, I would say, disadvantaged background. I was like, uh-huh. middle class. But the, but the things that I think it still did keep me from by, you know, getting into a sport and having discipline and having mentors and having coaches that instilled all of those values in me too, uh, in the way that the King Charles exactly. did exactly. was so important and valuable. I mean, it, there, I always say like, I mean, I don't know, you know, what my path would have been. I think it would have always been somewhat, really great because I had a lot of great people in my life, but I cannot diminish the, um, the, uh, the impact that was done by having that structure, that focus, and then just the overall motivation with others inspired to see me grow and learn something that I enjoyed to do.
1: Yep. That's a pleasure there. Yep.
0: Yeah. so the King Charles troop was performing with Ringling until it closed recently, and also has performed previously with Universal Circus, the only black-owned circus in the world. How important has it been to continue the legacy with its current generation, and how have you sought to do that during these current times, Kip?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's very important to continue uh, the the legacy, uh, uh, you know, because as you uh, as I mentioned, you know, we're now in a fifth, uh, generation, uh, since the inception, uh, in 1958, uh, of, you know, this man's, uh, idea has, you know, uh, kind of, you know, filtrated itself, uh, into the community and been able to inspire, you know, other youth, uh, to pick up, uh, a unicycle, uh, and, you know, do these, uh, amazing things. Although we're not, you know, athletes in our own, uh, in our own right, but we're like non-competitive athletes, as you can probably attest to, you know, with the number of shows we, we've done, uh, over the years, uh, especially with being with Ringling, doing over 300 plus shows a year, oh. 12 plus shows a week. Uh, oh. you know, it, exactly. You, you, you know, the, uh, uh the, the the routine when it comes to, uh, performing. So, you know, we, we may not have been professional athletes, but, you know, non-competitive athletes, none the same, uh, you know, the type of, you know, reg- regiments, you know, that we've, uh, gone through, but, you know, not to, uh, knock it or anything, but it, cause it's been a, a pleasure, uh, to have participated in this, uh, category uh, itself as a performer. Uh, Again, you know, we've met, you know, wonderful people. We've done wonderful things. We've been to wonderful places. Uh, We perform for, you know, large audiences uh, alike in this country uh, and abroad. Um, So again, the legacy is important because it's like, you know, you're handing down uh, it, it's almost like, uh, the human cell, you know, when the human cell learns, then it passes down, you know, to the other cells. So they learn it, it, it's, it's basically the same thing. We're, we're, we're trying to pass on, uh, the legacy. So it will continue, uh, you know, and we still, you know, continue to promote decent, uh, decency, uh, character building, uh, uh, just being, you know, just building, you know, better citizens, uh uh, in the community.
0: Mm. Beautiful. Well, 2020 is a big year for the King Charles troop in terms of recognition. Um, you have some pretty remarkable, um, things that happened this year. Uh, the King Charles troop was inducted into the circus ring of fame.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah.
1: So, uh, as of, uh, January 2020 of this year, uh, we joined uh, a host of inductees of uh, the Circus Ring of Fame uh, this year. It's a honorary uh, award uh, that is given to individual and uh, uh, group acts that have made uh, contributions in the circus community. Uh, And we were definitely humbled uh, to have been recognized and uh, voted on uh, because it is a a voting process that uh, takes place by the board uh, of the Circus Ring of Fame, uh, which is collectively made up of other uh, artists, uh, well-known artists uh, in the industry. Um, So again, you know, it was a pleasure for us to have uh, participated. uh, And now that we have uh, a... uh, a a plaque now embedded in, uh, the cement in Sarasota in St. Armand square. So if you're ever down in St. Armand square in Sarasota, uh, it's a big circle park that's lined by all of the inductees over the years, uh, into the circus ring of fame. So it's definitely something, uh, worth seeing. Uh, and we, you know, we hope to, you know, be able to still, you know, inspire and, you know, and, and make, uh, you know, additional contributions, you know, in the circus world, uh, uh, as we speak.
0: That's phenomenal, phenomenal, and congratulations, Kip. And thank you, thank you. Twenty twenty also marks your fiftieth anniversary of the yeah, King can you Charles Troupe. <laughs> no, I, I cannot. I mean, what is? Where
1: does the time go?
0: Fifty years. 50 years and still going.
1: It it just takes my breath away sometimes. I know.
0: Wow. And hopefully
1: hopefully we will go uh, take it to another, uh, you know, five more generations, you know, God willing.
0: Yes, I have no doubt. Absolutely. I mean, I I would see, I don't see why not. And (laughs) I don't think you can go for another 50 um. <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, if, as long as I keep riding the unicycle, that's my uh, fountain of use, I always say. so.
0: <laughs> well, and another achievement uh, this year is the NYC Council has approved co-naming street rights for Clinton Avenue between East 170th Street and Crotona Park South in the Bronx to be named the King Charles Troop Way.
1: Yeah, right. That is such a uh, honor to be able to go back to the community and be able to see uh, that street named uh, the King Charles Troop Way. Uh, and again, uh, you know, this happened during uh, during uh, COVID, uh, so the official release date uh, has not been announced uh, as of yet, uh, just because uh, they're still not okaying you know large gatherings uh, of any sort, but. Uh, Hopefully, uh, God willing, uh, either sometime toward the latter part of this year or more realistically, probably first quarter of next year is when they'll make the announcement um, that uh, 177th Street uh, and Clinton Avenue in the Bronx uh, will be named the King Charles uh, Unicycle Troop Way.
0: Wow. (laughs) That is so special. I can't... (laughs) I can't imagine what that'll feel like when you finally see it, when you have the ceremony. I mean, wow.
1: Yeah, you know, it'll definitely be a a harmonious uh, time for us, especially as we reflect back uh, on our mentor, uh, Jerry King, you know, with all the hard work and, and vice money that he took uh, out of his own pocket, uh, out of his own pocket, uh, you know, to put back into the community, uh, to be able to allow, you know, these kids to be able to flourish uh, and, and and be productive.
0: Mm. Well, the last thing on the list of huge accomplishments for the King Charles Troop of this year, I'm not done yet. There is the National Museum of American, of American of History in D.C. I kind of jumbled that. So excuse me.
1: Ah, No worries. No worries.
0: <laughs> we'll present an exhibit featuring the King Charles Troop history. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Kip? That's amazing.
1: Yeah, so that's something uh, that we are collaborating with uh, the uh, American M- Museum of Natural uh, History in DC, uh, and along with the Feld family, uh, uh, the parent company of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, which will donate uh, some vintage costumes to the display. Uh, it'll also uh, house a old Schwinn uh, unicycle from the nineteen seventies, and as well as some other artifacts and, and memorabilia. Uh, that will showcase uh, the troop's uh, history uh, from 1969 all the way to uh, present date. So we're very uh, excited about that, and we uh, definitely look forward to making uh, that announcement uh, when a, a press release uh, has been uh, provided on when the official uh, exhibit display will be put on uh, on display.
0: And, I mean, that's a first, right? Yes. Has that ever happened before?
1: <laughs> no, not for us. Uh, that is the first for the, for the troops. So we are definitely stoked uh, about that uh, opportunity and the honor for our, our legacy to be showcased in, per- in perpetuity, uh, you know, in the, uh, the, the Museum of uh, American National uh, History.
0: And I mean, in terms of also, too, in terms of circus history, that's just incredibly profound as well, right?
1: Yeah, indeed. You know, it almost uh, validates uh, us as performers, and not just the troupe, but just all circus performers um, mm-hmm. on the, uh, the, 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 the trials and tribulations that we uh, went through, you know, to make it to that point to be recognized uh, by this, uh, this institution.
0: Yeah, absolutely after 50 years and trailblazing the way that you have the first all-black troop for ringling brothers I mean uh, congratulations I'm just thank I'm you so thank you grateful that um, that the troop is being recognized and I look forward to seeing when that's going to be released and getting the press release and um, yeah what the exhibit will will look like as well I've got family and in D.C., so nice. I will be letting them all know that we need to definitely come indeed. out and support. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll definitely keep uh, you and everybody uh, you know in the loop when uh, that day is uh, uh, made known to us as well, so definitely.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, you've alluded to this and you've spoken about it, Kip, but it's been such a year um, for the King Charles Troop. Um, even within such a difficult year, it's, there's such a silver lining with How much, uh, you know, recognition. Isn't there always,
1: right? Yeah, right. Isn't there always?
0: (laughs) You know, it's just always quite something. And so there is, you know, there's light to look at. Um, and there's history and legacy to look at too, to be proud of, to remember and to help us to, you know, push ourselves and be carried through, um, by your legacy. Um, as we are all reflecting so much this year on the historical, um, um, attributions, uh, contributions, um, of so many that have come before us like you have that have propped us all up to give us our circus careers. And so how has that felt in cementing the legacy of the troop, Kep?
1: Well, I, I don't think our job is done. You know, we, we, we're we still, you know, trying to push forward, you know, to uh, make better roads for uh, the youth in our uh, community. Uh, and, you know, we have just been fortunate as uh as individuals to come into the, uh, the grace, uh, of, uh, this opportunity with the, uh, unicycle and being a part of the circus, uh, community, uh, that, you know, we hope to be able to continue, uh, uh, forward, uh, as individuals, uh, as people continuing to grow, continuing to inspire, uh, and continuing to, you know, just, you know, help your fellow, you know, person. You know, whether you know whatever their their individualities are, whatever they whatever their differences might be, uh, you know, is that you know we have to just look back and be able to treat each and each other, you know, uh, as equal and be able to live, you know, amongst each other, you know, without conflict.
0: Yes. Well we are having powerful conversations in circus and around diversity, inclusion, representation, conversations that I'm grateful for. And what, do you, what do these conversations mean to you though, being from your generation, Kip? and um, you spoke about moving forward, you know, in such a beautiful way. Um, you're, just right now with your comments. But I want to say that, you know, whenever I look to the past of Black circus culture, I can never not look at the fact that how we are still so underrepresented, uh, even with such Mm -hmm. famous and dynamic acts as the King Charles troupe. And we are still having firsts as Black artists and artists of color. It's really, you know, unbelievable. And King Charles was a powerful first. Why do you think that is, Kip? And how can we continue to develop the new way forward? Can you expand on what you just put so beautifully into words.
1: Sure, sure. So I uh, I don't know if uh the troop was ever put together to, you know, be that type of beacon uh that we uh just spoke of, but for whatever reason, uh that light, you know, was shined upon uh the team and the team took it gracefully, knowing or not knowing, uh you know, <laughs> that this right. would be you know, the troops' uh, livelihood to be able to inspire uh, other individuals, uh, not just being youth, but other uh, individuals in the circus community, uh, especially of color, um, that, you know, it it all boils down to having, you know, these conversations. And and they're going to be uncomfortable conversations. You know, it's nothing different than, you know, you know, speaking to, uh, uh, someone for the first time, how it could be uncomfortable. Uh, but these are conversations that are necessary, you know, for us as we kind of dive deep into underlying, you know, behaviors that we either know of, or don't know of on how, you know, we react or treat, uh, people. So, you know, I look forward to these these conversations as they develop, and as uh, even people of Caucasian are now realizing, you know, these underlying issues that have still continue to reside within, you know, our nation even after the '60s and after the civil rights and and marches uh, and voting rights is that we still, you know, have these 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 behaviors that linger. Uh, behind and, and and unfortunately have uh, festered now with the the current age, um, but I, I feel very hopeful, uh, especially with more people coming to the table, uh, not just uh, people of color, but people of non-color, uh, coming to help address these issues, and how can we, you know. Uh, 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 De- defeat this type of, you know, uh, behavior, uh, and, and, you know, just for people to be able to flourish on their, uh, their characteristics and their, uh, their talents and, and, and not of just color.
0: Mm. Yes, and it's beautiful seeing the circus community come together, and I'm hopeful with all the conversations that we're having and we continue to have, and everyone's really, you know, stepping forward. They have been this past year, and stepping mm-hmm. up, and um, being willing and open to engage with this dialogue, which I also am so inspired by and and hopeful about. I really am. Um, I've really seen a lot of innovation uh, come through during this time uh, with uh, so many, uh, you know, people within the circus community wondering how they can do it better, how they can get it right, and how they can do it, uh, you know, alongside us because we're all in this together. And um, I think we have a really profound way forward, and uh, and and getting some concrete solutions moving forward too, which I am very excited to continue to see develop over time. And like exactly. we know, it's things uh-huh. don't happen overnight. Overnight, um, right? but the thing is that they do happen and exactly. we're all in this for the long haul and for the long road. I mean, King Charles troop is now here 50 years. It's, you know, it's, there's, <laughs> there's sustainability in, right. in 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 all of our efforts with enough inspiration, passion, commitment, support. Um, you know, there can be generations to come that will benefit from all the things that we're doing now. So I'm very, I'm very, I'm very hopeful about this time uh, for the circus community and in its efforts in expanding inclusion, diversity, representation. So. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted to also ask you, Kip, how sure. can we find you? How can, you know, those that are interested in the King Charles troop, oh, sure, get sure. In contact with you, get involved, train with you, um, be in, you know, and eventually become a king or queen. What does that look like ending on a, ending on a lighter note? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So people can reach out to us, uh, on Facebook at King Charles Unicycle Troop, uh, you can also reach us through Instagram as well at King Charles Troop. And, uh, anyone, uh, that's also interested can also email us at King Charles Troop. That's K I N G C H A R L E S Troop. T R O U P E at gmail.com.
0: Fabulous. And for my last question, because the unicycle is so unique, um, do you have any unicycle training tips for our listeners that are seeking to do unicycle or are heavy into unicycling? I mean, we are speaking to a unicycle master, so uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't think that I could <laughs> let you leave this conversation without asking you for some unicycle tips sure, sure. that I will keep, you know, I will file in my cabinet so that I can also give to others when I come in contact with them. <laughs>
1: Well, if you don't have a hallway the way we learned uh, so many years ago, uh, you can always use a fence to help guide you. Uh, You want to keep your thighs uh, tight on the seat. Uh, And at first try, the unicycle is going to feel like a horse, like it's going to try to buck you and get away from you and pull away from you. But it's all core uh, resistance is just tightening up your legs and your hips. And just being able to control the seat from moving uh, from you. And you just pedal along slowly until, you know, you start to get more comfortable uh, with it. But the first thing is definitely just, you know, overcoming the fear of, uh, you know, trying it for the first time. So, you know, we I definitely urge you to, to at least give it a try once and just, you know, jump on it. Again, remember to keep your legs and thighs uh you know, locked close on the seat so the seat doesn't pull away from you. And, you know, just gradually just take slow, slow pedals going forward.
0: How long did it take you, Kate, before your thighs were not burning from...
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's an it's a interesting question you ask because everybody in the troop have adapted differently uh, to it. For me, just to learn to ride straight, it took me three months some people, it takes longer. Some people, it takes uh, shorter. Uh, we just seem to always had a knack to develop our skills very quickly uh, on the uh, unicycle. So, you know, knock on wood for that. Uh, but, um, yeah, this, uh, you know, and then, you know, when it comes down to, you know, uh, our practices, you know, we used to do some of the most rigorous uh, practicing on unicycles. We used to uh, ride on cobblestone streets uh, to develop our balance. We used to hold bricks in our hands as we rode to develop our core uh, and, and, and balance. So yeah, we went through some really, you know, uh, army tactics, if you will, uh, going through a unicycling tra- uh, uh, training uh, back in the day.
0: Wow. I can imagine. I mean, you make it look like completely effortless when you're out there doing the show. So, I mean, and, and combining with basketball, too. I mean, how long did it, does it take before you start combining it with basketball?
1: Uh, well, as juniors uh, in the second generation, it, it took us a, probably a good two solid years uh, wow. of practicing before we actually got into or was lit allowed to uh, uh, replace one of the um, veteran members in Ringling Brothers in the center ring uh, in the act.
0: Wow. Two years? Yeah,
1: good, solid two years. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's how, uh, yeah, that's how, uh, you know, strict, uh, you know, the original team was, you know, if we wanted to get into the act one day, we were going to have to put in the work.
0: Wow, that's phenomenal. Well, and what is kind of like your um, lead-in time now in um, in current times? Is it different?
1: Um, yeah, we probably don't practice as hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this is a, a different generation of kids now, so uh, they don't react the way we used to react <laughs> back when we were 15. So, you know, we, we have to water down the, uh, the training a little bit. <laughs> to, <laughs>
0: I think that's, that's consistent across the board. I, even yeah. from my generation, we can't even, you know, think right, to push right. the, no, push, I was pushed and that was just, you know, uh, 20 years ago when I was, when I was competing, getting to, uh-huh, to where uh-huh. I got to. And it's already, you know, things that are, uh, off limits. I think.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> but I still have hope with this generation. So uh, I still have hope.
0: Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, yeah they're they're phenomenal and 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 it's just it's different, you know, it's just all different and and I'm happy for them too, in some ways that it's different, but um I was curious in how you have um, adapted that and you know how you've kind of innovated the model um over the years because right. it's so different it's just it's just so unique, it really is right. and but
1: the yeah. uh, I will tell you the the basic foundation practice, uh, practice structure, uh, for the troop has always been our figure eights. If mm-hmm. you ever catch us in practice one day, you'll just see 10 guys doing, you know, a, a minute figure eight, three minutes, figure eights, five minutes, you know, cause that is basically the foundation, whether we do small circles, big circles in the act, it's all, you know, consistent of, you know, doing figure eights, uh, in the routine.
0: Well, I am, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think that will be me doing any figure eights <laughs> anytime soon. Oh, uh, well, You I,
1: never know. You never know.
0: <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah. I think I've, I think I've been on the unicycle. I, I've been on it a couple of times um, right. throughout my throughout my career um, and of course it was it was it was an interesting and like yeah like scary challenge like what you were talking <laughs> about before um, <laughs> but it was but it was a worthy challenge when I did it but yeah that was oh my goodness that's it's it's not yeah it's it's quite something and um, I I thank you again Kim no for problems my pleasure, on the show and for uh, paving the way for artists of color within the circus arts and performing arts. i so honored uh, by your legacy and continued legacy of the King Charles troupe and for all that you've done uh, over the 50 years and all that you continue to do for 50 years down the line. And I hope that it just <laughs> continues to have, uh, you know, just uh, several generations that continue to be unicyclers and uh, yeah, pick up the ball
1: yeah so yeah thank you again uh sheena it's uh, been a pleasure speaking with you as well uh being in your uh grace and honor for all the achievements that you've done uh, in the gymnastic community uh, as well as the uh the circus community
0: thank you so much i really appreciate that thank you kip thank you Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Live Like an Acrobat podcast where I interviewed director of the King Charles unicycle troupe, Kip Jones. The Live Like an Acrobat podcast is also available on Circus Talk, the inclusive, independent, and international online network for the circus industry. Circus Talk's mission is to create a level playing field for this industry and democratize access to information. Please consider subscribing to the Live Like an Acrobat podcast and to the CircuspreneurBlog.com, where you will find extended conversations and interactive content of each episode of the Live Like an Acrobat podcast. I'm your host, Shanae Stiletto, and until next time, please stay safe and stay healthy.